Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Rudo, AJ, and Jesse coming at you. We've made it over 48 hours since the Avalanche have done something, but that hasn't stopped the NHL from doing things. So, uh, first of all, are you guys preparing for absolutely nothing to happen on deadline day? Are we ready to, to be live for six yeah. hours of nothing? When when Shrock got traded yesterday, I looked at Z and I was like, Monday is going to be a real sleepy day for us. <laughs> it's well, going to be a lot of us just recapping. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this, <clears throat> and I'm gonna say it's a way to like plug that show, but also for my own knowledge, when are we starting? Ten, Ten Mountain. Ten. See, so yeah, see, chat. Ten Mountain time. Come on by, hang out with us all day. That wasn't me, like not knowing what time to show up for work. Like truly, just... those shows have always been really fun. They're blast to do. Yeah. Also a lot of the time the first like four hours are like so we've had two trades yeah uh, <laughs> yeah and it's it's very it's got like a watch along feel uh because yeah. we're all just kind of hanging out together just it's very the whole thing is very relaxed uh because yeah you, you can you can only talk about what's like happening immediately in front of you and then like if you try to like say well, we're going to talk about this this and this yeah if you try and have any kind of like like true show rundown then that's when everything pops off and it's like okay right. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's uh, it's going to be interesting because for a, for a minute, I thought oh, maybe some of these teams are going to push it to deadline day just with the cap. Um, you know, teams into a crew cap space. Uh, you need to wait as long as you possibly can. Uh, but, yeah, the abs kind of knocked over the first couple dominoes. And, yeah, we've seen a couple more fall in the last 24 hours. Yep. I, we'll see if there's any left by Monday. <laughs> I I hope there's some left, at least a few pieces, but uh, we'll see as, as we kind of dig into really two significant moves done yesterday. Um, would you guys rather start with Yarncrook or Chirot? Let's let's start with Yarncrook because I don't think it'll take long. Yeah, right. That That's where I was at with that. Uh, I think the only really we've talked about yarn crook a little bit before in the abs at least he ends up going to calgary um calgary felt like they have a decent core of forwards already i was surprised when it was calgary but i was also not surprised because their bottom line that actual fourth line um like the like with brett Ritchie uh and and dylan dubay like gives, has given them nothing Fair They've enough. gotten nothing out of it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't know. It, it was one of those things where they had made their move for Tyler Toffoli. There was a lot of chatter out there that they were still wanting to do something else. Um, but again, like Tyler Toffoli was kind of a big get. So I didn't know really what else would they go out there and do. I know that they were yeah. sniffing around Ben Sherratt, but yet AJ, like you said, at face value, I was a little surprised, but then the more I let it kind of sit there with me, I was like, "Yeah, okay, this this makes sense as their second move." And now I would I would say it's pretty safe to say that Calgary's done. Um, they don't have a lot of space left, yeah. right? Right, unless they want to do some money out deals. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, look, I, I think we can all agree that we've all kind of felt like Calgary were the pretenders this year in the West. Uh, and they made two moves that weren't overly splashy, but solidified their middle six. Uh, I mean, they're a better team than they were what two weeks ago when they got uh, to Foley. Yeah. Um, you know, they're they're a better team today than they were then. So, um, yeah. I think they're uh, the second best team out west. Yeah. Now, yeah. Now I do. Uh, yep. That doesn't mean a bunch to me, though. So. <laughs> No, I mean it's like second best out west. It's like cool. <laughs> you're like sixth best in the league if you're the second best out west or something. So maybe. Yeah. Like generously putting them at sixth in the NHL. Yeah. I think they're they're more like the eighth or ninth best team in the NHL, to be honest. I would they take almost all of the East over them. Yeah. So <laughs> good goaltending though. 
Real good goaltending. Yeah, I mean, Markstrom is good. That. Uh, so Calgary, an interesting one directly against the Avs, right? Because they're one and one in the season series. They have another game coming up at the end of this month, more or less. Um, <laughs> and their own head coach saying any wild card team playing the Avs is literally a waste of time. So <laughs> a bit interesting that they they do seem to be gunning for it that hard. Uh, ends up being a second, a third, and a seventh for Yarncroke. So that's pretty darn expensive for a guy that's going to play bottom six minutes. Yeah, for for a capped bottom six guy. Um, now, he <laughs> he does do a little bit of everything. So that versatility is nice. He's a pretty reliable goal scorer um, in that he chips in a few every year. You know, right around the same number. Um, I, I like Yarn Crook's a solid player. He's a he's a fine get. Uh, I think he'll be fine in, in Calgary. He's not the world's greatest skater, so there isn't a worry about like in Colorado. We talk about well, if you're not a great skater, you're going to be kind of an awkward fit from the start, uh, especially a forward, but. Not a not a pace is not something that the Flames play with a ton of. So it's cool. He'll he'll be a fine fit there. Uh it's a little expensive, but like a second, a third, and a seventh is it's fine. I really it's not outrageous, sure. Yeah, I think it's a little on the uh, a little on the expensive side for a hard bottom six guy, but that's okay. I mean, you got to do what you got to do if you're going to try and get somebody at the deadline, you know? Yeah, I, I will say, though, and, and I know we're going to get into the Sherratt deal here in, in, in a few, but I, I have been a little surprised, especially after what we saw the abs pay for Josh Manson. Um, and, you know, the conversation that we had on, on the show about a week ago about, hey, this is going to be a buyer's market. There's a lot of guys that are yeah. around – uh, we don't, you know, I don't think that that prices are going to get run up as high. Um, and and both that yarn croak deal and Ben Sherratt, um, I think we're a bit of an overpay for the player that you're getting in return. So, yeah, I mean, I think you over you overpay pretty much every for everybody at the deadline, given how limited the, the amount of time they're actually there with you. Um, yeah, yeah, yarn kind of yarn croak bothers sure. me less. The Sherratt one felt like a team that was determined to win the bidding for what they viewed as the best, the best uh, in market defenseman that was available. They were determined to win it, and so they gave up whatever they had to give up in order to get there, knowing that they had the assets to turn around, the assets in the cap space to turn around and do whatever else they wanted to do. Anytime you don't give up a first, I think you can at least talk yourself into it, right? But I do want to look at it this way, and I, I understand the deadline is not done. There's likely still more things to come, especially for the Avs. But right now, Avs have Manson and Sturm. Calgary has gotten to Foley and Yarncroak. Whose deadline do you like better? Both. That's that's not an answer. Cop that's answer. a cop-out, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah well, well I, think, I think Manson... I, the the keys there are Manson and Toffoli. Sure, those are the bigger moves of the, the yeah. for each team. Because uh, Toffoli, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm considering the regular season too much in this answer. Uh, <laughs> I think it's I think it's Colorado with Manson because what Manson is going to do is going to be way more important come postseason. I think he's going to be way more of an impact player. Yeah. Uh, then wherever Toffoli ends up, because Manson, he bridges the gap perfectly. He's He can be their third guy right now. And if Gerard never gets fully healthy, if Byram never gets fully healthy, they still have a top three. They're no longer using these other guys as, as they're in their top four. Like, oh, I just think, I just think Manson is exactly what Colorado needed. It was well, it, he was precisely yeah. the kind of guy they needed yep. Yep. with a skill set that fit what they wanted to do. It was just a really, really good, solid, 
checks all the boxes yep. kind of pickup. And I don't think Toffoli did that. I think Toffoli just like makes them deeper. It doesn't yep. like solve a problem necessarily. It just undoubtedly like they are better after that deal. Definitely. So, so the, the first part of your answer was like, all right, cool. I'm going to add to this. And then the entire second part of your answer was everything I was going to add. So that's perfect. Cause all right. uh, My bad. no, 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 no. It's cause, cause that's exactly what I was going to say. Calgary, I think made two moves that just kind of bolstered the team in place. The abs made a move that addressed an area of need and made them noticeably better. Not just like, Oh wow. They kind of bulked up. They added to their depth. No, they, they, they fixed an area that they felt needed to be fixed. A lot of people on the outside have said that that's an area of the abs that needed to be improved upon. I know we who watch them up close disagree with that, but I mean, you know, at the end of the day, they addressed it either way. So everything that you kind of said on the back end there of your answer is, is exactly why I think that to this point, it's been the abs. I think they've made their team better. They, they made their team cheaper and they upgraded on Jost, shed money. They upgraded their back end. And like you said, Manson's someone who can play in that three spot, even if you're fully healthy, if you want him yeah. to. He's going to flex all over the lineup, <laughs> and they haven't given up a first-round pick yet. To be honest, if, you, if, if, if best-case scenario plays out and Josh Manson ends up on your third pairing in the postseason, you're so good. Yeah. <laughs> you're so good. <laughs> Definitely yeah. feels pretty ridiculous at that point. Um, there was another trade yesterday that really isn't very impactful, but the Rangers did get Frank Petrano from the Panthers for a fourth. Good um, for them. They need. They really need help with their bottom six scoring. Petrano should be able to provide a little bit of punch there. Um, good shooter. Yeah, so, I was going to say so. When we're ready to get into the Sherat, are we ready to move over to Sherat? As soon as I do these ad reads. Perfect. <laughs> so we are brought to you, of course, by DraftKings Sportsbook. You can go over there. You can use the DNVR code to sign up and get incredible odds boosts. You got to get over there and uh, get yourself a bunch of free money. It's too late to get the uh, the actual free money from the Georgia bet. Um, that uh, You missed out on a free $50 on that one. But there's still plenty of amazing opportunities that you have right now. When it comes to college basketball, if you're a new account and you use the DNVR code, all you have to do is bet $5 on any team to win in March Madness and get $200 in free bets. So that's an absurd amount of free bets. Go get $200 to mess around with on DraftKings Sportsbook just by picking a super easy matchup in the March Madness tournament. Jump on it today. Go over to DraftKings Sportsbook and download that top-rated sportsbook app. Now you can do same-game parlays. You can bet on literally every single sport that even pretends to exist. Some of these, like, debatably aren't even sports. Uh, but we're not going to get into that conversation here and now. So go over there. Bet $5 to win at 200 on any March Madness team. Uh must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. Minimum of $5 deposit. See at DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And, of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. When you make a ton of money from DraftKings, take out $25 and go get a Vodka TV. That's the best way to watch Altitude right now. And you don't have to deal with Comcast, who doesn't have it. It's way cheaper than DirecTV. You don't have to sail the high seas of the internet to go and watch it if you're local here in Denver. All you have to do, go to avaca.tv slash DNVR. Once you're over there, you're pretty much good to go. Get it all set up, but they'll ship you out a little reception box you hook it up to your tv it's just like watching normal tv with your remote control nothing complicated about it you just get to turn on altitude and watch the abs you also be able to turn on at&t sports network and watch the rockies you could also watch national channels all through avaca so super easy super fast super cheap it's a great way to watch highly recommend you go to avaca.tv slash dnbr and check out a great way to watch hockey Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. 
obviously the big move that we've alluded to here is Ben Chirot getting traded to the Florida Panthers. Florida gives up a first, a fourth, and a Ty Smolanic as a prospect. Um, Montreal got what they wanted out of this deal, right? They wanted a first, they got it. Yeah. Uh, how, how is that prospect? Tyson Melonic? Tyson Melonic would be an ab had he been there. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Tyson Melonic and John Luke Foody. That was that draft, uh, where it was like they were going to pick one of those guys. Um, it's Monaco local kid. He's from Colorado. Um, to answer your actual question, though, he's <laughs> legit. Nice. Okay. Well, so yeah. it, it was interesting because. Look, like there's been a lot of movement between both Avs and the Panthers in the last week, and there, there's been a lot of move where you say, okay, they're they're obviously they're gearing up something, and that to me, that Frank Vitrano trade, I said, oh, yep, they're clearing the decks, making the money, so that Philly has to retain less and a little bit more desirable. Um, so I really did. I, I kind of said, well, there you go. That, that's probably that's probably it for Giroux. And then they go and spend their only first-round pick for the next two years on Ben Sherratt, uh, along with one of their top prospects. Uh, you know, I know there's a lot of talk about Owen Tippett right now, but uh, it, it was just a peculiar move because for as much as we've heard that the Florida Panthers are in on Claude Giroux, how much, you know, we, we've, we've heard in the last few days maybe Claude Giroux is more interested in going to Florida than he is to Colorado – uh, I, I just thought it was a weird move that they then go out and spend a couple of high priced assets on Ben Sherat. It's it's a weird. Is my audio messed right? up for you guys? No, it's fine. Okay, yeah, you're fine. Um, for once. So <laughs> the Giroux conversation is weird. One because even now people are saying Florida are still in the Giroux conversation, even with no twenty two or twenty three first. Um, you know, it, it's not going to be easy for them to get that done, I think, without that piece, but maybe doable. But also, when you look at Florida's lineup, it makes more sense to me that they went out and got deep, right? Their forward core is kind of ridiculous. And on the back end, they yeah, they have Ekblad and Uyghur, but after that, it, it falls off pretty quick. They're relying on, like, Brandon Montour to be their second-pairing guy, who, by the way, having a pretty good year. Just saying. Just saying. But Chirot mm-hmm. does make them better, right? It's just, was it worth it for them? I think it does. I, I know Chirot's I think, numbers are terrible, but. Uh, well, and like, they're terrible this year. Yeah. And so you wonder how much of this is, because there's a guy that I want to talk about later on the show that's similar in that the numbers, the, the numbers are just awful this year. And it's like everybody in Montreal this year is bad. Yeah. So how much of this is Ben Sherratt isn't any good? And how much of this is just the Montreal stink? Some of A, some of B, perhaps. Yeah, but... yeah. So, because uh, I, I think there's there's just a there's just a really big drop-off in Sherratt's play this season. Uh and and the cost the cost is significant here. And you're it's weird to pay for kind of a depressed asset like that at that kind of a price. Yep. Uh, to pay to pay uh, a, a top ish. I don't know where Smolonic would have been in the, in the Panthers prospect hierarchy, but uh, a top ish prospect and a first round pick. I mean, that's expensive. It just is. Like that's that's those are assets, man. Like that's expensive. Yeah. Uh, for for a guy where you're like, okay, well, those are well, what's the impact of Ben Schrott? Where does he play? Um, and and with Schrott, it's like, is he gonna play? You know, is is he gonna play on their second pairing? Um, you know, is is he gonna play? You know, adding him to a defense that has Radko Gudis, you got a lot of nastiness back there. Yeah. So it's I don't know. It's I. I Cool for him, for for Sherratt to get to go and chase another cup. And it's interesting um, that Florida, you know, Florida, I think we knew was going to make a big move on defense because that just made sense. 
Mm-hmm. They had assets. They have cap space. They've got all the all the everything that you could want to to go and go hard at this deadline. Um, their interest in Giroux feels like a because we can, yeah, and because Tampa Bay can't <laughs> kind of thing. And it's yeah. like I can respect that, but it's gonna be expensive because, as Rudo mentioned, no firsts. Um, Owen Tippett is a legit prospect. Um, they've also, for some reason, Florida only keeps drafting forwards, except that time they drafted Spencer Knight. And if I'm Florida, Spencer Knight is not on the table. No way. I might consider Anton Lundell. Uh, but I would, I would be iffy at that. But I mean, you, you, you also have, I mean, Grigory Denisenko and uh, Maggie Samuskevich. Those are all guys that they drafted in the first round that are still in their system. So let's let's talk about Owen Tippett for a second because I mean he he's a, he's a legit he's a good prospect. Um, but I mean I don't know. He's bounced in and out of the NHL. He hasn't really stuck. He's twenty three already. Um, down in the AHL. Like, what is Philly really thinking that they're going to get out of him that he hasn't had the opportunity to get in Florida? I, I just I just think that that's it's, – it's a weird – again, just when you step back and look at this, I, I agree with you. I do think they look at, the, at Giroux as more of a luxury for them. We can, and <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> Tampa Bay can't, so that's why they want it. Um, but again, like I'm looking none at none of the team. other teams can. Like Toronto can't do it. None right. of these other teams that they're fighting with can can fit Giroux in. And so I think Florida's looking at it like, do we need that guy? Our forward core is already sick. But right, if but they'll take if if we can if we can just convince Philadelphia, hey, here's Owen Tippett, here's Samuskevich, here's you know they have a second round pick next year. You can throw that in there. So there's next year's second with with Tippett or a Denisenko or a Samus Cavage. You know, like, hey, here's here's like clean it out. Like here's the rest of our shit. Go have yeah. fun. Um Philly, like part of part of the thing with, with Tippett uh not sticking in the NHL is that Florida's forward course has been deep. Yeah. And I just think it's I just think it's been tough because he's been a very, very, very good AHL player. And he's been a productive NHL player in a yeah. complimentary, in like a complimentary role the couple of yeah. times his, in his NHL stints. So I just think, I, I just think that he, that's a guy where it's like, hey, here's a guy just looking for opportunity. Yeah. More than anything else. A team like Philly can try him on a second line, something like that. Yeah. And maybe all of a sudden it clicks for him. I mean, maybe it doesn't. I, you know, that's a, that's going to be on. Philly's scouting staff to make a decision on a guy, right? Yeah. Well, and then yeah. you know what I was going to say on, on Ben Sherratt, <clears throat> I mean, to me, I think, you know, he, he wasn't <clears throat> eligible for the, the UFA uh, bump this last year, but, you know, very, very well documented, good playoffs last year, real mean, nasty part of um, Montreal's core that, or decor that, that helped him go on the surprise run. And I think Montreal got the benefit from that. You know, you usually see it where a guy is going into UFA and he has that that crazy yeah. playoff run and gets paid. Unfortunately, it was Montreal who got to get paid on this one. Uh, like, I think he's a fine defenseman. I think he'll help Florida's uh, decor. But, um, yeah, regardless of who gave it up, I just, I just don't know if, if the first-round pick, especially a 2023 first-round pick, um, which I sounds like is a little bit more of the coveted pick this deadline. Uh, GMs are maybe for the first time okay taking a first round from a year from now instead of this immediate one. You usually see them wanting an immediate pick. Um, I, I don't know. It's just interesting. And, and like I said, it, it's just if they are really – if they're actually still in on Giroux. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, right. they're definitely in on it, but well, it, well, no, but but I mean, like, it just it makes it right. harder to see. A week where, ago, where it fit. felt yeah. like, hey, if Florida wants Giroux, they can pay more than anybody yep. else. 
Yep. Now it feels like, you know what? The Avs have just as many assets as Florida does. Well, and what the Avs might might actually have for Philadelphia that would be more attractive is a defensive prospect. Yeah. Because where's where's where is Florida's big D prospect? Where's the young one? Because again, they they've only drafted yeah. forwards they except for the one time. <laughs> they drafted Spencer Knight that one time, and good call by them. But they've otherwise just been like forwards, 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 forwards every single year. So when you're talking about what assets do they have to trade, it's forwards. Yeah. And is is that really where Philadelphia has their big problem? If you're looking at the Flyers roster, and you're like, hmm. All right, we're gonna try and re we're gonna we're gonna try and retool this because we have a lot of money signed for the next several years, and uh, we we don't we don't really think that we can tear it all down and rebuild it, right? But you've got you take Drew out of there, you still have Kevin Hayes, you have James Van Riemsdyk, you have Cam Atkinson, Travis Konechny, you know Joel Farabee yeah. has a big extension that kicks in next year, like. Where exactly would all these would all the forwards play? Is that really the big area of need? Is is Owen Tippett really a bigger need for them than Justin Barron? Right. Well, and and especially because uh, you know there's there's more and more rumors every day that they're they're shopping uh, Sanheim. Everyone knows they're shopping Justin Braun. Uh, there's a lot of talk now about are they looking to maybe move on from Ivan Provorov, whether it be at the deadline or in the summer. Um, you know, they're, they're talking about moving out a lot of their defense. Justin Barron, I, I imagine, would probably finish the season in the NHL. Well, well and, and in Philly. maybe and, – and hey, maybe the abs are like, look, we're, we're not – we think Justin Barron's going to be in the NHL with us next year. Right, right. We're not doing that. And they just they just won't. Then the abs are just saying no. Yeah, yeah, we, we think, somewhere. Yeah. yeah, we think Claude Giroux is great. We love the player. We think he'd be a great addition. But we're just not doing that for Claude Giroux. And they're saying Sean Barron's instead. And maybe that's where the Flyers are. Like, look, we really like Sean Barron's. We think that he's a hell of a player, but he's not helping our NHL club for two or three years. Well. And and this conversation gets interesting, I think, especially because Braun's a pending UFA, Yandel's a pending UFA, the depth guys that they've been using in Connaughton and Nick Sealer are both UFAs. They have Cam York down there. They have chosen to lock themselves into Rasmus Ristolainen for reasons. So they have like seventeen million. Hey, he's a really likable guy, all right. Nice guy, works hard, loves the Uh game. Uh huh. Okay, him and Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, it, there are openings on that defense yeah. for a player on an ELC. Yes, they have Cam York down there too, but Seattle, or rather Philly's lineup, is extremely top heavy right now. They they need some contracts that make sense dollar value wise, and Justin Barron would be that. Owen oh, Tippett would be as well, but a an, an ELC, a true ELC, I think fits a little bit better uh, in a retool or whatever you want to call it that Philly is trying. To hey, yeah, Owen Tippett at the end of his ELC, which if he shows up and actually like breaks out and scores a bunch, then it's like great. Now we got to play this dude. Right, right, yep. right. You know, uh, great. Uh, okay, we got one cheap year out of him. Right, and that's the end and, of end and, of the cheap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I yeah, do want to talk more about Toronto and, and some of the comparisons around in the league and what it means for the deadline, but we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNBR. So be sure to go get some at your local liquor store. You can use the Breck Beer Locator online to do that or go down to the bar. Eight different kinds on tap down there. And make sure you're taking care of your teeth. Go over to Green Mountain Dental Group, get a screening with a cleaning, an x-ray, and an exam. You get a free Sonicare toothbrush so you can take care of your teeth at home, too. Very important. Taking care of your teeth is good. Don't have bad teeth. It sucks. Trust me. So go to Green Mountain Dental Group on that and make sure you're in good health. Also, April 16th, Avalanche Party Bus. 
We know a bunch of you have already bought tickets, but get in there, get your tickets. If you're in town or you're local or whatever, you get rides to and from the arena, from the bar. So you come to the bar, you have fun partying, you go to the game, you have fun partying, you come back to the bar, you have fun partying. It's just an all-around great night. The tickets are great. They're in section 120, and you get to vibe with all the DNVR people while you're there. So it's just an absolute blast all the way around. Be sure to jump in. You can go to the DNVR locker right now and get your tickets for the party bus. Third period on the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Okay, so... Chirot or Manson? And I want to do this in two parts. Ignore cost for a second. Chirot or Manson? Manson. Yeah. Uh, for Colorado? Just one-to-one, comparing the players. Oh, I think they're pretty similar. Okay. Um, but I would say for Colorado because of the right-handed thing. Sure. Mm-hmm. I, have, I would have Manson as more valuable for the I, Avalanche. I, I also just say Manson because he's got a history of being a really solid defenseman in the NHL. And I do, I do just think that not that Sherratt isn't good, but his stock is at an all time high because he was part of that miracle run last year to the cup final. Um, to me, Manson just a little bit more, I don't I want to say proven, uh, but there's, to me, there's just a little bit more substance to, to okay. Manson's career. All right. So in that regard, <laughs> you're picking Manson. The other question I have is, one, does Toronto now set the market for the defense by giving up a first-round pick for that guy? You still have guys like DeHaan and Giordano out there. Um, and I know we've had the conversation about how many teams are no. really going to be making a move. Yeah. Uh, and two, when you look at what Joe gave up for Manson compared to Chirot, has the NHL made Joe look like a genius once again? Well, I think Florida's desperation um, for that particular player won out. When and I don't, I don't think that it's necessarily markets. I think that sets the top of the market. But when you look at Giordano, you look at everyone knows those are Plan B guys. Dehan, like those are for whatever reason they're not valued the same way. It's weird to me that Ben Chirot was more valuable than Mark Giordano, but yeah. it's the world that we're living in. I have a really, I have a really hard time believing that there are other first round picks waiting to be given up. Colorado's out on it. Florida's out on it. Tampa Bay's out on it. I guess maybe you could talk yourself into Toronto. I I think they're going to end up giving up a first for Giordano. Uh, Who else? Who else out there are you really looking at? How aggressive? Talk themselves into another D. Yeah. Okay, but Carolina already gave up this year's first, so it would have to be next year's first. Like you're talking about a a couple of years of first round picks that they would have to be willing to move on from. Yep. Um, you know, that's, I think that's tough. Yeah. I would you, would, would you would, maybe two seconds instead? Would I? Sure. Would Seattle? I mean, if, if Carolina called and said, Hey, we'll give you two seconds for Mark Giordano. I mean, Really gonna say no to that? Based on track record, maybe. <laughs> no, well, <laughs> I understand. I guess I understand that uh, Ron Francis is involved, so you never really know. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I forgot that St. Louis. You could also get involved. Minnesota yeah. can't really give up those assets right now. Yeah, because they I, really I, need those to turn into players. I was gonna say, uh, as much as it always pains you know, abs, abs fam to give credit to the wild for anything. Uh, I've been really impressed with Bill Guerin and just kind of his um, understanding of the situation they're in. He's been very upfront. Like, look, I'm not going to, we're in a good spot and where they were, they've slipped a little bit recently, 
but he's like, I'm not going to do anything dumb. Like we're already in, we, we already are staring down the barrel of cap problems. I'm not going to do anything that's going to put us in a worse situation. Like they made those buyouts to ultimately help the organization in the long term, And I think it will. And he's like, look, I'm not going to do something stupid just to try to talk myself into us being a cup contender for this year. And then us be a lottery team for the next seven. Um, so I, I've been impressed that, uh, that, that, you know, he came in, made the move that kind of shocked everyone that put him in a tough situation, but he hasn't made it any worse. You got to give him some credit too for a first time GM. Takes big stones to do that right off the yeah. bat. Yeah. 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 Fan favorites, captains. Yeah. I mean, uh, all that stuff, knowing that it's going to hurt the team for a few years, but like you ultimately look at it as for the betterment of the team. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. And and then like I said, he's just he's he's been surprisingly rational. We've seen a trend in these last couple of years. Columbus kind of started it where if you feel like this is your one year and you have an outside shot, go for it. And he's like, No, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna make things worse. Okay. Right. Are we content on the Chirot talk or is there anything yeah, else you I'm really good. want to hit on there? Good. I, I, the only thing I'll say, and it's not even necessarily pertaining to Chirot, I am just anxious to see how this kind of shakes everything else out. Cause I, I it's think he, headed, yeah. he was a top target for a lot of teams. Uh, I'm going to be anxious to see how many teams do move on to a plan B, how that affects the price of those plan B um, targets and how many teams just say, well, we were, we wanted Sherratt, but we just aren't willing to pay what we were willing to pay for him for someone else and just get out of it or, or whatever. It's uh, um, I, I'm more of anxious to see what, what happens now that Sherratt's name is off the table. Yep. And that's, that's where we're headed. The, the questions are, what are the next dominoes to fall? There's been a lot of rumors swirling about Max Domi recently. Um, is there anyone else on, on your guys' radar? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm curious about Christian Dvorak. Okay. He got activated today. He's been hurt for a while. Um, as I mentioned earlier with Sherat, I'm curious. This is a guy that, that piques my curiosity here. Because this year, again, the Montreal stink, right? Like, everything has been bad about Montreal. Up until the last, like, you know, until basically until Marty St. Louis took over. Yeah. And then it's been like, oh, hockey's fun again. <laughs> oh, Caulfield knows how to play. Like, you know, very different. But I'm I'm I'm, I'm interested in a, a Dvorak situation because that's a guy that's a guy who's twenty six years old. Now, how good is he? How good is he, like, really? He had good underlying numbers when he got traded up there. You know, he signs he signs that deal uh, in Arizona, the six-year deal yeah. with John Chaka. Uh, he's he's making just under $4.5 million. He's halfway through that contract. There's three years left on that deal after this at 4.45. So again, 26 years old. How healthy is he? How good is he? He's never had a 40-point season. But 31 points in 56 games last year in Arizona. He's had he's had seasons of 33, 37, and 38 points. Uh, he's got 16 and 34 games in Montreal this year, and everything's been a disaster. And I'm just sort of curious. We've been talking about the abs doing something out of left field. I wonder about a guy like this. Because this is, he could be insurance that he could be, hey, he's the 2C next year. And Alex Newhook is a wing. Or they could swap those two. Or ultimately, Newhook takes the 2C job and Dvorak moves to three or, you know, whatever alignment. However they want to sort it, yeah. And I'm saying whatever alignment they decide to have is is there is is, I think, intriguing. But I wonder. I just wonder about. I just wonder. That's a guy. That's a guy that I kind of when he got activated, I was kind of like, I wonder, as a younger guy who's going to be again a depressed asset because of how things have gone, but still have value. And with the term that's on there, 
And you're not talking about buying at his absolute peak value like JT Miller. The thing with JT Miller, all of his points are coming on the fucking power play. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he's having a career year, and he's doing all this, and he's doing all that. Well, guess what? He's going to be the fourth or fifth best guy if he goes to an actual good team. But because he's on the shitty Canucks, he's he's their everything for them right now because Elias Pettersson forgot how to play. And, like, Brock Besser's good but not great. And I'm just – I just wonder, like, JT Miller Miller just feels like the – you're buying this guy at his peak value. Like, peak value. Yeah, he – half of his points are on the power play. That is – like, that's inarguable. (laughs) <laughs> like you can go the and look at his numbers <laughs> and just be like, how many are at even strength? How many are on the power play? It's not exactly 50, 50, but JT, you look at the big difference in JT Miller's career and you're like, wow, he's wow. How is he in the top 10 of scoring? He has 73 points this year. He has 30 on the power play. So it's not like he's having a bad year at even strength, but him having an all-world year on the on the power play is inflating that, and wherever he goes, he's not going to be that number one guy. He's the the whole power power play is not going to run through him. So you're talking about like yeah, you're talking about paying for JT Miller's production at his at absolute peak value. His underlying numbers aren't very good. His the, production is inflated by power play. The, why would you want why would you want to go to the mat and pay for that when that guy is going to be right. the the problem there at the end of the day is price. Like you're okay with a guy who can be a PP impact player and a solid five on five guy for you if you can get him for a reasonable price. But Vancouver totally. is gonna ask for a king's ransom for that guy if you're trying to pry him out of there. Well, and, and especially because they're in a playoff, legitimate playoff race, because of the way that Vegas and Edmonton seasons have gone, Vegas has, or excuse me, Vancouver's been able to, to crawl back into it. JT Miller's got term. There is no incentive. Like, there, there really is no incentive for Vancouver to move on from him right now. Yep. We are waiting to see. I mean, the, in, the, incentive, the incentive is that his value will never be higher. Well, well, well right. But, but, that's it. That's, that's the incentive. That's, and that's kind of my thing is like they're sitting there and it's like, if we want to move him now, great. We'll never get more for him. But if we want to keep him, if we think we can get in. Well, and that's like, they, and if someone rolls up and is like, hey, we'll give you two firsts and a, a great right. prospect or whatever. It's like, well, our hands are tied, I guess. Yeah. Legitimately, <laughs> though, you get in, you get in and There's what no reason to take less than like what to, exactly you, what they Okay, doing. so you get into the, you get into the postseason. Great. Oh, now what? Oh, okay. Yeah, if you get in and you're the eighth seed and you lose four to one in Colorado in the first round. Like you, you got two home games worth of ticket revenue out of that. Your yeah. fan base feels good about itself. You feel good. You feel like you're on the up, and, and then it. you go, then you go into the summer and you have no cap space and you have big problems trying to figure out what your future is. Because you have a ton of wasted money throughout your organization. You have very little cap space. You need to give Brock Besser a new deal. You just, you, you have real cap problems. Yeah. But I I do think that, that in that market, especially the way the season started, um, I, I, and I'm, I'm not saying I agree with them. I I agree with you, but I, I could see them putting value on, we got in. We came back. Right. And we do got that it. every year. They make yep. that right. Detroit, absolutely, Detroit, and it's not. Detroit it's willingly not, drove their franchise into the ground just to do it. Like, it's not without merit. Like, it's not like, oh, hey, we made the postseason, and that's a meaningless accomplishment. Right. Like, in an organization that is trying to rebuild back into respectability and trying to rebuild into saying, hey, we need to be taken seriously. Making the postseason is a meaningful thing. But if you're talking about trading JT Miller and the biggest selling point that you have is that JT Miller gives you two playoff runs 
And look, if nobody offers you something within, you know, within a mile of what you think he's worth, you got to have a you got to have a first round pick, at least one first round pick. You'd prefer to have another high pick in there, a second, third, maybe something conditional, whatever, right? right. You've got to have it you've got to have a top prospect involved in that. That's great. Like that's okay. And then after that, how far are teams willing to go for the guy? Because a lot of teams have analytics departments. A lot of teams have access to the same kind of data that I do where I look at it and I say, Hey, I mean, there's this better of course, but they look at it. They look at the underlying numbers and they're like, this is a good player with a great price tag because he's got a ton of points. So, and like JT Miller is a really good player, but if you, you put him on a cup contending team, fucking pick one, pick any of the teams that you think are realistically competing for the Stanley cup. Is his situation the same? Is he getting the same ice time? Is he getting the same opportunity or is everything about his game going to fall off? Because now he's on a good team with way better talent around him where he's no longer the center of everything that that team is doing on the ice anymore. The, he definitely falls down the lineup on any cup contender. I think there's no doubt about that. But I think part of the conversation here is Vancouver can kind of have their cake and eat it too, where they can make a first-round playoff appearance this year, and then they can sell J.T. Miller next year. And yes, the price yeah. will be lower next year. No doubt definitely. about it. Definitely. They could, but, do, they could also do that. Mm-hmm. Totally. We'll probably still get a first round pick out of it. Yeah, and still get and still get a perfectly fine return. And this is why this is this is why I'm like, okay. Yep. Yeah. But JT Miller's a good player. I'm not paying the mood for that. Agreed. I'm just I'm I'm not. And so if that's their ask here, not have good. fun. Yeah. We hope to see JT Miller in the first round on the other side of the ice as your best player because we've got a handful of them. I would take, I would take four Colorado forwards and two Colorado defensemen before I got to JT Miller. Yep. Um, so that's your best player. Dude, that's a, you're lucky if that's a five game series. The only thing that, the only thing that maybe changes that is Thatcher Demko goes wild. Yeah. For a game, which sounds like a bad uh, spring break video. <laughs> So just looking at the clock, knowing that we are probably going to start winding this down, I just want to get this out there. Yeah. I, so I, I, well, I, and this is just because I haven't stopped thinking about kind of, you know, AJ, what you have reported now and what we've heard from a couple other outlets that, yes, the abs are in on Giroux. They're, they're in on a couple of these ones that people are hearing about, right? Andrew Kopp, they're checking in on prices. But that there is the sense that the abs are maybe trying to do something off the board. A blockbuster nobody sees coming. And the other night we were, um, uh, Rudo, Blaze, and myself, uh, we were at the bar and we were just talking about who, who could that be? What are some of the names that, that you could see being moved on from? And one name that, that came to my mind that, again, keep in mind, this is for like an out of the left field that nobody sees. But then it was mentioned the next day on the Merrick show that, hey, maybe this could be kind of a dark horse candidate to be moved. Clayton Keller is a name that just came to me that again that's based on nothing other than me thinking that um but that's just a guy that he's having a real good year there's been rumors in the past about arizona maybe wanting to move him if the price is right um you know i I just i thought that was an interesting one when it came to me and then i heard it brought up the next morning um not necessarily related to the abs but hey maybe this is a dark horse guy that that could kind of be on the move in a surprise deal um, what do you think about that? I don't know why Arizona would do it. I'm not really sure either, but <laughs> like um, they're they have to get to the floor. They have yeah. nobody signed. If they get rid of his seven million dollars, like they can retain. <laughs> I mean, uh, but but no, I'm saying was... I'm saying Arizona has concerns getting to the floor next year. They need that $7 million. <laughs> if they get rid of that $7 million, like they're like, hey, we kind of need Eric. We need Eric Johnson back. Yeah. We got, we're, we're, we're trying to get to the floor here, man. Now, they, they, like Clayton Keller's having a career year, and I think that they just yeah. need to sit there. They need to just uh, sit and let I, that happen. Yeah, I don't I agree. know. 
And I just don't know how the Avs commit to $7 million for the next seven years either. I mean, I, I imagine there would be a little bit of retention. But but again, I'm just I'm thinking a lot about this out-of-left-field move. And I don't know. I think if you're the Avs, you'd be pretty happy with a Clayton Keller guy. Again, based on nothing other than me. Thinking. I mean, even with retention, Arizona's going to pay the Avs for six years. They're going to pay to six Clayton on that deal. Keller. Yeah. They're going to pay for Clayton Keller to yeah. play against them. I just I, – I could see – there were some people that brought up Nick Smaltz because he's had like the month of his life. <laughs> um, 15 points in like four games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the, it's like he had like he had something like 19 points coming into the start of March. And now he's got he's like got 42, 42 points. Yeah, 42. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it's like Nick Smaltz has always been really talented, but he's a really soft player. Yeah. And has never really committed to certain to, to playing the game in a certain way to maximize his talent. Four years at just under six million dollars, and you're like, how how good is this guy? It's just so hard to move those length of deals at the deadline right. because right. teams yeah. just don't know where they're going to be in the off season. Well, and this is where this is where I was curious about Dvorak, in the same way that I'm curious about a guy like in Anthony Pavilion, right? Where you're just like. A guy with a little bit of term, but feels sort of stuck in the organization. And where are they headed? Yeah. You know how much does how much does a guy like Dvorak help the Canadians? You know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Josh, you could throw Josh Anderson into that list for Montreal too. That contract's bad though. Well, I mean, it's not great, dude. It's not great. Well, you know, and we we haven't even mentioned uh and i mean i guess it's not super super relevant you know all the stuff that I, I was just looking you know power rankings just came out and um you know vague i dropped vegas pretty far i lost five in a row now it sounds like robin leonard's maybe done for the uh the rest of the regular season um i wrote in the power rankings that right now the word around vegas is that they are <laughs> some level of cold water hit them in the face and they were like, hold on, holy shit. We need to take a pause before we go out and start doing anything else. And LTIR this guy to bring in someone else. Like it's a really interesting dynamic in the Pacific right now. I think there's spots up for grabs that people didn't think there would be. Um, and like you go look at the standings right now, there's four teams that we all thought would be sellers that are like within two points of a playoff spot. Um, yeah, you know, and Win Winnipeg. A lot of people are talking about Winnipeg in the chat, and Andrew Cop. I think they're a point out with two hey, games guys, in hand. Andrew Cop is currently hurt again. There's no, the there's, there's no timetable for his return. Everybody talking about Andrew Cop is overlooking the fact that he has something like four or five concussions in the last couple of years. Like Andrew, Andrew Cop might be your your Michael Furland like landmine here that you give up assets and he just, he never does anything for you. Yeah. AJ, who, who is your, like, who, who is your out of left field? If they miss out on Giroux, like, like, have you, do you have any gut feeling? I've talked about Mark Scheifele, um, yeah. because I think that I, I think with just a couple of years left on that deal, uh, that there's something there's something broken in that in their in in Win in Winnipeg's formula because they should just be better than they are. Um, and I granted, I think that they have a coaching issue. Um, using an interim coach all year will get you there. Yep. But I think that I I I wonder about a guy like Shifley because I think that Ehlers is just on too good of a deal. Um, I think Dubois is going to stay there. I, you know, I think a lot of their other guys are fine, but I, I wonder about Shifley and I wonder if, and I think Colorado, Colorado, I know that they were really interested in Dubois before he landed in Winnipeg and the apps just did not have an asset like Patrick Line mm -hmm. in to, to make that kind of deal. But I wonder if they would just be like, look, uh, you guys have had a problem with defense. We'll give you Justin Barron and Sean Barron's. And a first round pick for 
Mark Shifley and just be like, yeah, we're good. That's our move. And you keep in mind uh, this last summer when we thought there was going to be an Olympics, there was a lot of talk about how Nathan McKinnon and Mitch Marner played together. Do you guys remember who the third guy on that line was? Was it Shifley? It was Mark Shifley. He was the other dude on the other side there. And so this is me just wondering, right? Like, you guys, I've been talking about it. Hey, I think they're going to do something that we're not seeing coming. This would certainly qualify. I think that this is more realistically a summer conversation because Mark Shifley has figured it out. Um, He's been playing great hockey recently, and the Jets are back involved. But I, I just think it's, it is. it's. I think that's food for. Or, or, I think it's it's food for food for the mind there because I'm. He's a name that just won't go away when I try and think about it. That the Jets kind of need. They kind of need some sort of a reset button, <laughs> and this division stuff. I don't. The you know who you you know fans talk about trading guys in division a lot more than actual GMs do. Because they're just trying to get returns for guys. Now, I can understand you're not trading Claude Giroux to the Penguins. Like, there's a little bit <laughs> different of a, yeah, of a thing there. Deeper cuts but there. Trading, trading a guy from Winnipeg to Colorado, who cares? Winnipeg's well, just like, trying to get better. And, and they're already tra- chasing Colorado. Right. And yes, you'd be moving Shifley in your division. But you'd also be getting two high-end prospects back and a first. So it's like... Yeah, both teams. Left well, and I imagine games. there would have to be a JT Comfort or something. There, you know, and obviously Comfort doesn't move the needle. Um, but there would have to be some sort of NHL player component part, there. Part of the interesting conversation here is, especially in the West, Vegas plays Florida tonight, and then they play LA on Saturday. And if they lose both those Great. games, Winnipeg, more ground for them to yeah, lose. Yeah, it could be in the playoffs <laughs> come trade deadline day. So, it, it, with what has happened, particularly in the Pacific, I think it's really, really hard to get a read on a lot of these Western Conference teams and teams that three weeks ago we thought, oh, they'll be sellers for sure. Well, and you know that there are some, like Dallas is for sure not selling, Nashville yeah. is not selling, Edmonton is not selling, LA is not selling. Like, you know, St. Louis and Minnesota, those are teams that are not selling. You know that those are the ones. You know Anaheim with, with Lindholm and Raquel. They want to sell those guys. But it's it's everything, it's everything else. Everybody else should seriously be looking at it, if only because if you're fighting for that second wild card spot, you're playing Colorado. Yep. And that's that's the realistic conversation. This is the second wild card spot. Vegas is six points back of Nashville, and there's games in hand considerations all over the place here. So there's already a decent gap to, to Nashville. So you've got all those teams there. Yeah. It's yep. Rudy, and... do you have a dark horse. What was that? Do you have a dark horse trade candidate? Ooh, I I mean, I love Max Domi, and I know the rumors have been kicking around about him. Uh, we know yeah. it's it's someone the Avs have looked into in the past. And Columbus. <laughs> the connections are there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be I, – I, I, it's not Claude Giroux, but I, I'd like that one. Yeah, I, I still think Claude Giroux is the one that makes the most sense, I know. AJ has the sense that it's not going to happen, but I'm just not a, I'm just not a believer. You know, the biggest thing that turns me off of Drew in Colorado is that it's been too public. Yeah. Is that the avalanche, the avalanche are never, how often, how often is a guy like out there in, in the market and connected to Colorado and Colorado actually ends up dealing for that guy. Like well, it never happened. Isn't involved this time. So maybe we knew, we knew Nemestikov was was like that. The Avs loved Nemestikov. We knew that for a full year because they had tried before, and like the Avs have always done that like circle back around thing on guys when they become available. Zadina is a guy that I would talk to. Zadina and if you really want a dark horse, Pavel Zaka. Those are guys that I think are really interesting 
summer conversations. But the, my biggest thing with Colorado and and Codgeru uh, is just it's been too public, and I just don't like Colorado just doesn't operate like this. Mm-hmm. I and I know you you're both gonna roll your eyes and laugh, and I am too internally. I just can't get myself past the Patrick Kane stuff. I just if if I hadn't had if I hadn't already heard that Chicago had said hard no already, yeah, for this deadline, I would be more open. I think Colorado's open to paying whatever they have to pay, yeah, to do just, whatever it, they have to do. I just think that uh, I, I just think that it's and and the only reason I say that is because of how notoriously tight lipped the Avs are, and like that got out for some reason. You know what I mean? Someone leaked that the Avs talk called Chicago about it for some reason. Um, I'm sure it's no. somebody from Chicago who found out about it and was like, you guys aren't going to fucking believe it. Joe Tackett <laughs> called us up and was like, what about Patty Kane, though? And yeah. we were like, nah, <laughs> but that could be fun in the future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was how it went, and everybody moved on. Yeah, that that's just the only other one that, again, I know I – know there's a 1% chance that happens, but it just has been stuck in my head. Debrinkat's the other one. It jumped out to me immediately that they did not list him as on their full no-go list. Um, and he's another one that Joe, if, if you don't get Giroux and you're wanting a big splash, a big fish, that'd be, that'd be a hell of a get. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know how how far we are into fantasy land at this point, and that's the hard part because the Evs could do anything on trade deadline day, and we just won't know until we get there. Or they could do it tomorrow. They could do it in twenty minutes for all we know. Here's but. here's what I'll say. I, I don't know if we're at the point where there's a move that the Avs could make. I mean, obviously short of trading top top guys, right? Sure. Um I don't know if there's a player that they could bring in that would surprise me. If, if we woke up tomorrow and they're like, wow, they traded for Patrick Kane. I wouldn't be like, wow, I can't believe it. Like, yeah, goddamn, He did it. He, he chat, pulled it off. Chat brings up the, the Ottawa guys. I would just like to say, I have no idea what the difference at this point is between Nick well, hey. Paul, Chris Tierney, Connor Brown, any of those guys. They are all in my brain now. One person. And if and if the they Ottawa get traded for, if they get traded for, I am writing the Avalanche traded for the senator. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> hey, uh, big shout out Wade here, former uh, former coworker of mine. Thanks for jumping on, man. Appreciate hey, the support. Let's go. Uh, unfortunately, jumped on right at the very end of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We are, uh, we're wrapping this one up here, but uh, be sure to go get your party bus tickets. We're live tomorrow, pregame, postgame, all that good stuff. Be sure to tune into all of that. Uh, you know, we'll all panic and do an emergency pod. This is our sixth show of the week, and we took a day off. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thursday. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just, I kept checking my phone this whole time because I was like, it's going to happen right as we're winding this yeah. pod down. Like, all right, guys, thanks for tuning in and the start of the emergency and, pod. And Welcome let's in. Talk yeah, for yeah, another yeah. hour. <laughs> yeah, I it has been uh, it has been interesting um, with uh, just being glued to the phones and with the early activity. There's always a couple of trades leading up to it where you're like a little on edge. Where you're like, oh. <laughs> But, like, we have this whole weekend. The Avs have no games on a Friday or a Saturday for maybe the only time this entire fucking season. And, okay. And I fully expect us to be doing a pod at some point. It'll probably be in the middle of Bahrain. Yeah, of course it would. I I think the move will come... I don't think I don't think they'll wait till Monday. I think if yeah, I think they'll I agree be done before Monday. I think um, I think Monday is the day where we see the Shane Bowers get swapped gets yeah. swap for a defenseman. <laughs> you know, if there's going to be a third goaltender or a Vlad Nemestnikov, you know, something like that. 
I think that's the move that happens. Oh, we Castle. Need, I think that's a Monday thing. We need things for our uh, our Monday trade deadline bingo board chat. Oh yeah, we just haven't we haven't sat down and tried to fill it out yet. But prospect swap is definitely like the free space. <laughs> yeah, but I uh... well, I think abs make a trade is the free space. Yeah. <laughs> what is it like twenty one years in a row? Yeah. I uh, we've got a couple different things like on like Hannah and I, uh, and you know it's my it's my niece's first birthday. We've got like a dinner thing, and I've just told everyone like I'm a yes, but just understand the caveat that comes with that. <laughs> like, yep. yeah, I'll be there, but I may not be there the entire time. I may be there for ninety seconds, and then I've got to turn around and leave. So, well, I'm I'm excited because Z uh, is has expressed interest in watching her first ever. Like, like actual like F one like qualifying and race uh, this weekend. Uh, although we won't be getting up at six a.m. to do it, so um, I'm fully expecting it to ruin that. Yeah, yeah me too. I, well, I'm I'm going to a buddy's house. I'm, I may be live on Sunday from my friend's backyard, but I'll be ready. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> nice. <laughs> We'll make it work one way or another. Uh, anyway, we're out of here for the day. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us. We appreciate all of y'all a ton. And we will talk to you, hopefully, tomorrow. <laughs>